0: Welcome to the Floor Education Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hadin, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here to talk with flooring professionals from all across the country about your common concerns while navigating a flooring project. This week's guest is Janice Nornmark. Janice owns and operates Bulletproof Bookkeeping. While not a flooring professional, she handles my books for me and experienced an install gone bad a few years ago. We talk about the install and how to avoid those problems in the future. Today I'm at the office of Bulletproof Bookkeeping with Janice Nordmark. She is actually my bookkeeper and she's doing me a a huge favor and she has had a horrible experience in the past that she's going to describe for us and we're going to work our way through a botched flooring project. So Janice, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, and then we will... Hear about your flooring disaster.
1: Um, I am a bookkeeper. I'm self employed. Prior to this, I also was in property management for several years. And um, I we moved into a home that needed new carpet and new vinyl flooring. And we took a cup. We took a, a few bids for that. We selected one of them. Um, for a company that I was familiar with and decided to have them go ahead and do the work.
0: So you, you got a couple of bids. Tell, tell me about the bids, which one you chose, why you chose it, those kinds of things.
1: Um, I contacted a few different companies. They came out, they um, took the square footage, they measured They from room to room, they were looking at the transition points, things like that. Um, because of my history in property management, I knew I needed more than one bid. I just don't rely on the first one. And, um, we went ahead and we went through the process of getting the different numbers together, calling people making sure everything was covered that needed to be covered, uh, discussed any last minute changes that I may have had. We selected something that was from, uh, similar to what was already in there. And, um, we just moved forward. We moved forward from there. We hired them and had them do the work.
0: So which bid did you select and why?
1: I selected the highest bid that we had because it seemed um, as though they were a reputable company. They were bonded and licensed, um, everything else. They actually had something with a license on um, board with the Arizona Register of Contractors. And I felt that based on the information that they did include in their initial bid and the follow-up to it that they would do a good job.
0: So you you went with the most expensive bid. They presented it in a way that made them look the most educated, informed. They were going to provide the best quality. That that's the what the the feeling you got. Correct. Okay. Did you do any background research on the companies to see work histories, reviews, talk with individuals that had used them in the past, anything oh. like that?
1: I did not in that way, but because of my history in property management, I had um, already had some experiences with each of the companies I contacted.
0: Okay. And you felt they, they generally provided the best service when you had dealt with them in the past because of your property management experience? Correct. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the future, would you research companies more than what you did for this project?
1: Based on everything that's available online now, yes, I would.
0: Okay. Um so we you you've selected the company, they come in, they they do the work. Tell me about that experience. Kind of how it happened, you know, um what it looked like at the end of the day. Was someone home while the work was happening? Uh, those kinds of things.
1: We were moving into a new home, so nobody was there when they actually did the work. Um when we went in and checked it after they were all done, it looked great. Um the, the uh, linoleum went down great. The, tile, or, sorry, the uh, carpeting went down great. The transition areas, um, they seemed good. There were only a few of them, but they seemed good and everything looked good.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I mean, you should be able to trust a large company in your home. I, I have clients that let me into their home on a weekly basis where no one's there and, you know, they come home at the end of the day, the job's cleaned up, I'm no longer there, doors are locked. You, you should be able to allow somebody into your house to do work and, and trust them. So that all seems normal and good and everything looked good. So when did things start not looking good?
1: Um, a year to a year and a half after they uh, after the work was done
0: okay and what what started happening
1: we started seeing red streaks on the floor underneath the linoleum a staple uh, popped through where the linoleum was at in one of the walk areas that they had kind of put down Um, and it just got worse and worse and now i've got red streaks all over my house where the linoleum is down at i've got a hole in in the linoleum where the staple came through and ripped up at so
0: okay so uh, the, the staple's gonna go down to, to poor prep work. Um, can things like that happen? Sure, should they? No. Um, I know it's been a little too long now, but if you are in the state of Arizona and listening, uh, all registered contractors in Arizona are required to give a two- year workmanship warranty. So at the time, you would have been able to file a claim. Now it's it's well past that and it would be hard to prove that it actually started happening then. Um, red streaks coming through the linoleum. I, there's, I, I don't know if that's, uh, I know your initial suspicion when we were talking before we started recording was that it's old glue. I, I don't know enough about putting sheet goods down. So, old glue, wrong glue. Somehow something happened that it started transferring through, obviously, and it, it was done incorrectly. Um, my my thought process on that is i'm always pushing certified contractors and so there are groups within the industry that will establish themselves as a body that says these are the standards you need to meet and this is how we want to do things and so i often push finding certified installers and you can ask the contractor if they're certified or if their crews are certified um there's different certifying bodies so if you wanted to get like a wood floor refinish you can look at the national wood flooring association they have a search function on there and you can find certified sand and finish guys certified installers certified inspectors if you're having a problem so there's um sort cert- certified flooring installer so uh, cfi installers.org they do wood laminate tile sheet goods there's the um certified tile installers from ctefs uh i believe it's certified tile education foundation um and so there's contractors that take what's called the cti certified tile installer it's a grueling test and they can become certified in that and so all of these websites have search functions and you can find people that have gone out of their way above and beyond to get continuing education to say this is how i i'm going to do your project right like and most people that are going to invest time and money into something like that are probably going to do it the right way now there's cases where you know the boss sends an employee off things like that and they may get certified because they can pass the class and demonstrate the skills that doesn't mean it always translates into them doing them in the field so look there's always a gamble but that's with anything in life odds are somebody that's listed on one of these websites is doing it the correct way all the time there's there's tons of guys You know you get hired you get trained and the minute the boss steps away well i can do it quicker if i do it this way so that could potentially be the case of of what you had you know maybe the the company subcontracted it out because they were super jammed and this just needed to get done so they subbed it out to another crew and that crew doesn't necessarily have the the standards so um i'd recommend not only finding somebody that's certified but you can ask that contractor when they're in your home questions who's the crew that's going to come out and do this what you know how much experience do they have what kind of you know what kind of materials do you use and you can get notes on all this stuff you can go and research it make sure that it's the right stuff and that it's being properly used um when you're putting down linoleum or wood and you're in or tile in fact when you when you have to be able to adhere something to the floor there are standards on what kind of trowel needs to be used in order to make sure it's being properly done and so there's I, there's all kinds of little things and so You can't educate yourself too much. And if you want to ask questions, that's your right as the consumer. You're the one spending tons of money. So why not go and educate yourself, play 20 questions with the contractor. And if that contractor is offended by you asking those questions, he may not be a good fit for you. Because anybody that truly cares about you... Probably isn't going to care that you're asking twenty questions, and that wants to provide a quality service. I'd be worried about somebody getting frustrated by my client asking me me questions. Um, what other kinds of things are, are, are happening in, in the home, and you know that you're con, you're concerned about?
1: Um, I need some repair dent, Some repairs done to the flooring. Um, In my living room, underneath my carpet, um, things like that, the carpet is old and stretched out now, and I may get that replaced, but not until I can get the flooring finished. Um, But I want to go back just real quick. Does the Registrar of Contractors require their licensed people to have these certifications that you're talking about?
0: No. There are states that don't have any licensing requirements like Arizona, so Anybody can pick up tools and call themselves a flooring installer. There are states like Arizona that require you to get a license to do a certain trade. Uh, but any of the certifications are, are all they're all optional. You can you take time out of your business to go and get these things. You will like I took a class earlier in January. My business was shut down for essentially a week. Um, I left on a Wednesday. The class was Thursday, Friday. I came back Saturday. So there was three days of lost, quote unquote, lost revenue. But the value I got from the class, to me, more than makes up for that. And I can take that class and turn it into a selling point. So did I lose money? Not in my opinion, but a lot of guys would look at it and, and consider that they're losing money,
1: right? And, and my understanding from my knowledge of you and your company is that you are a registered, con- licensed, um, licensed with the Register of Contractors, and I know that you have taken several certification classes as well. So um, everything that I've seen that you have done has been excellent. And if I needed the wood flooring, wood flint. Would plank flooring put down? I wouldn't hire anybody but you because I know you do tremendous work.
0: And I, you know, I appreciate that. And that's, but those are things that you know.
1: Your skill and your knowledge comes from experience (laughs) and training, and that's what it comes down to. I didn't pay attention to those things when I did mine. I just thought, oh, they're registered, they're um, licensed with the Register of Contractors. I knew that there was bonding you know, that I could fall back on if something really screwed up or something, but it was too far out, and um, I didn't recall having a two-year. I thought I had a one-year warranty, not a two-year. So I thought I was outside of that when I started noticing all the problems. Mm-hmm. So um, again, you have to keep that in mind when you're hiring any type of contractor, any type of installer. Um, But specifically, your flooring is very important. You always want it to look nice. When you have company, when you have other guests coming in and out, you want it to look good. So, somebody like yourself is somebody that I would look for to do my next installation. Well,
0: and you make a good point about the warranty. So, Arizona requires, if you're a licensed contractor in Arizona, you're required to offer a two-year workmanship warranty. Other states don't have those requirements. A lot of states are a one-year warranty and that may be where you've got that thought that it's only one year. Some states don't have licensing requirements to be a contractor and they don't mandate any warranty. And so talk with your contractor when you have them out. What kind of warranty do you offer? How do you stand behind your work? Because there's tons of guys that are that are fly-by-night and they offer what's known as the taillight warranty. So as soon as you can't see their taillights driving down your street anymore, you're done. They're not going to they're never going to answer their phone again. They're not going to come out and fix anything. You're not going to be able to find them to sue them if the job fails. So you you need to find out upfront what kind of products they're using, how they're going to stand behind them. And, you know, w- are they willing to put the, their money where their mouth is? So, uh, you know, I'm more than, ca- I'm more than happy to stand behind a two year workmanship warranty. And I can stand behind a warranty longer than that because I'm going to take the time to do the job right the first time. Um, there's companies in the in the tile world that can offer a 10 or 20 year warranty on showers by using their products when you meet their specifications to install it properly so you need to you you need to sit there and, and really talk in and, an interview and i it's it's definitely a, a two-way interview you know the contractors interviewing you as much as you are them but once again any contractor that's getting worked up about you playing twenty questions with them, I don't know that that's someone I would want to hire. You know, why are you going to get upset that I'm asking you questions? You're in my home. I need to trust you in my home. I should be able to get to know you. So, what what would you do different in the future? And I, I mean, I thank you for for plugging me. I, I I truly do appreciate that. But what would you do differently than you did? last time to guarantee a better installation this time
1: i would do more research like i said there's a lot more available online than there was when i had mine done i would be um probably go to some blog areas and see what i could find out what other people were saying about them maybe do some research on social media um places like um i don't want to do yahoo or yelp but Maybe I might do Facebook. Um, Neighborhood—they have a lot of neighborhood groups on there that you can go to and ask questions about, and they would generally give you pretty good feedback. Um, but in all actuality, I would probably look for somebody that's got the licensing, that has the training, that has taken the time to show that they really care about the work that they do. That's going to be more to me. It's going to be mean more to me than somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, probably even go completely do. De- Different direction as far as product goes as well. So, I don't know that I would go back with sheet linoleum. I think I'd go mm-hmm. with something else.
0: Okay. So, a little bit better interview process, a little more background research before you call up the companies to have them come out, and a little bit more product research to find what fits lifestyle a little bit better and, and holds up long term. Not that there's anything wrong with sheet vinyl it was a poor installation and that's why you're having problems, but there are different products available now and maybe something fits your lifestyle a little bit better at this point. Okay. So let's see, you know, it, it's, it's funny cause it, it, we hit the same points all the time on the podcast and it's, it's really, it's truly education. Not only is this education for you, the listener and, and Janice is, is getting probably a little bit of education now too but we you know on on my podcast for professionals we push education that's that's what we're about that's why it's called floor education um and and so you can't do too much research there's there's as much there's probably more bad information out there as as there is good information and so i really would try and start by finding the the certifying bodies out there and the the organizations that are saying, we are, we set the industry standards. And I would start there and work my way out instead of just popping on YouTube and saying, how do I install laminate flooring or vinyl plank flooring? Or how do I sand and finish my own floors? How do I install tile? Just popping on YouTube, boy, that can go scary really quickly. So... Find out what you're looking for and work your way back from there on finding people that are going to be good educators. So Janice, I want to thank you for being willing to tell your story and give us a little insight on something that went bad and how we could better prepare ourselves to go through a installation and have it turn out successful and... When you are ready for something in the future, if you want to consider having me out, I would love that.
1: Thank you. I probably will.
0: <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for this week. Be sure to subscribe so you can hear each and every episode. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most major podcast directories. Don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show. If you'd like to be a guest, have questions or feedback, you can email us at flooreducation at gmail.com. You can help support the show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com/floreducation. Remember, your education never stops.